previously on Box Cutters. Patronising women over cereal. That's terrible. Makes me want to put a pillow over my face and blow my brains out. Hate that stuff. Oh, feelings. Get out of my face. Not eating cardboard just because you tell me I feel bad. I don't feel bad. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 329. It's moved from my knee. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Courtney Hocking. Hello. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. What's Coming up, up in uh, this episode of Box Cutters, oh, well, we've got we've got heaps. We we have heaps. We are going to be talking about uh, using second screen devices while watching television. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, from my my favourite box cutters listener. Your favourite? Now you've got a favourite box. You know how many box cutters listeners are upset by that? One. All of them are like your Hundreds. I got a nice tweet saying, "I'm your second favourite. That's the best." And I was really chuffed with that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Which one was your that's second nice. favourite? Everyone. Ah. <laughs> we. Uh, uh, we've got we've got a segment. It's, it's only called Courtney's segment. <laughs> Isn't that enough? That's, that's all. That's all I know. All, you all, all I know is Courtney said oh, I've got a segment. Mm-hmm. All right, here. Mm-hmm. Have some time. Have some time <laughs> in the show. Brett, we're going to go into your vault. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, going back five years in time. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet. That's what it'll sound like. This, there were some very exciting ad- advertisements back then. We have some letters to box cutters. We've got one thing. Uh, we've got pork. No Brenner today. She's uh, she's rehearsing for for a show that will be on for one hour on Thursday night. Or so is my understanding. So much misogyny in here. What just be- because Brenner's not here, right? And so. her absence lifts the level of misogyny. Heaps, it's like doubles it's, it, triples it. It's like cholesterol. It's it's the ratio, not the. Uh, She's, the, actual bad she's the good cholesterol. She's the good cholesterol. You're the bad one. She's like she's just like a, a bucket of avocado. HDL or LDL. I'm not sure which. Anyway. <laughs> LOL. Uh, so this is our last show for the year. Uh, you might be surprised. That's why it's an extravaganza. It's not. Extravaganza. It's not <laughs> a special. Is that there's, Japanese? There's extravaganza. Nothing, nothing special about Yeah, uh, it is. Special. Connie's here. Yeah. No, no. Like, there's no, there's no special designation. Like, we, we usually have alpha, beta. Aren't we up to golf? Uh, oh, yeah. It was. Uh, that, that's right. It was I the. It golf. was the NATO. It was the NATO so alphabet. Boring. We are. We would be up to golf. Uh, but we're not doing that this year. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. <laughs> So, Brett, I, I see you've put the first story in uh, in, in the news section uh, on the rundown here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The the headline reads: uh, National Indigenous Te- Television (NITV) has gone free to air. We've known this was coming for a very long time. We knew it was going to happen on the twelfth of, of, of December for for a very long time. Uh, and it, in fact, when we uh, when we spoke to the executive producer of Mangrook Footy Show, he was saying that he was hoping that he was going to uh, be able to take the show back to NITV and have it on free to air television. Mm-hmm. So, that being the case, and everybody knowing that it was going to happen on the 12th of December, this news item... I spent two hours looking for anything last night, Josh. This, this was the closest thing to real news that I came across. This news item is, that thing everyone said was going to happen did. Yes. It's like the Mayan apocalypse. Yeah. 
Uh, when that happens, no one's going to be surprised. Ban Ki-moon, the United Nations Secretary General, recorded a video statement for the channel. Well, that's great. So, so, so that's the news that is. Ban Ki-moon recorded a video. <laughs> anyway, what else? What else we got? Uh, so uh, ABC t- TV director Kim Dalton uh, resigned earlier uh, this week. So uh, on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, He's been the head of ABC TV since 2006. Uh, has overseen uh, the uh, the launches of ABC Two, ABC for Kids, ABC News Twenty Four. Has done amazing things. Was he for responsible for Twenty Something? Hmm. I don't think uh, I don't think he personally was responsible for Twenty Something. Other I, than I the fact that there was that, an ABC Two controller at that point. Uh, no, he had. It, it was commissioned before he got the job, before the controller was was, was announced. So but it could be his fault. Could it? It could be his fault. Uh, I think. Uh, I, let, let's just give him benefit of the doubt. Uh, I'm just saying. Then we. Then I can. I can go back to watching the ABC again if we can put this behind us. Now he's gone. Uh, but you know. But but also things. Also things that happened under under his watch were uh, the slap and Miss Fisher's murder mysteries. So it wasn't all good and times. Rake. I like Rake. I love Rake. Yeah, but I'm saying the slap and his murder mysteries uh, weren't good. It's, I'm saying it wasn't all good really? times. I didn't like the slap. It wasn't good. I like Anthony Hayes. He's a great actor. I watch him paint a wall. Do whatever you want, fella. Gingery. Painting paint a wall man. that would that would be much more in- interesting than, than the that. slap. Yeah. No, he was slightly controversial in his time because he also held the position of chairman of Freeview, was it? He was he, he had a, a ranking position with another organisation at the same time. There was there was there was something so, something dodgy about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's something uh, dodgy about him. We can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, there, there has not uh, there, there has not been a replacement named uh, Brett Cropley. You could go for the job. Yes, uh, show me the the job ad. I'll uh, put in for it. Oh, what I've got to do the research and find <laughs> you the job ad. Sorry, I'll find the job ad and I'll put in for it. This is another story on the list. There is. It is the Golden Globe nominations. Uh, they've they've been announced, and here's the thing: what a crock of shit! Why these these awards disappointed? are disappointed? No, not a disappointment. An actual crock of shit. Do they just nominate stuff nobody watches or cares about? No, they nominate stuff just randomly. Like girls? Would you say it's a comedy or a drama? Drama. Uh. Would oh, you say it's, there it's, were it's, any jokes in Girls at all, or was it all heartache and pain? No, it's both. It's it's post Louis bloody you know comedy whatever thing whatever it is. But she's not doing stand up. Yeah, but the, oh, yeah. Brett, don't make me come over there. There's no boo 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 at the start. Is it, is it in the uh, the comedy? How can you even compare these shows? But isn't it? How can you even compare? Big Bang Theory, Episodes, Girls, Modern Family, and Smash. Smash isn't what? a comedy. Or a drama. It's a nothing. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> so I love terrible. Broadway. That's so terrible. I'm really... it's, it's just a little bit better than the film Burlesque. I haven't seen that. I should watch oh, that. Oh, you love it I've in only, a terrible way. Only so recently I put down to... from Showgirls. Oh, down from Showgirls. <laughs> so... So those five shows as best comedy. Sorry. Yeah, that's mental. Sorry, no, no. Best drama. Sorry, I take it back. It is comedy or musical. Okay. So Smash gets in there with musical, and Glee doesn't. Yeah. Girls, Modern Family, Episodes, and Big Bang Theory. So that's they uh, really seem quite divergent. But isn't that good though? Doesn't it show the depth of whatever musicals and comedy in television that they can have such a a broad field? Sure, but how are you going to compare them to vote? 
How is anybody, any reasonable person expected to compare those? They have reasonable people in Hollywood. This now. is my problem. Mm. Uh, but then let's let's take outside of outside of that. So so we've got those five shows. Mm. Uh, would you expect those five shows to have uh, the best actress or best actors in them? Uh, Girls should have best best actress. I don't know. I, I haven't watched enough Modern Family. It seems very um, like there's it's lots ensemble. of people in it. Yeah, ensemble. So. Uh, of the five people nominated for Best Actress in a Television Series, Zoe Deschanel, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Lena Dunham, Tina Fey, and Amy Poehler. It's mostly comedy. No, that is... but Best Actress in a Comedy? Television Series, Comedy or Musical. Sorry. So what, they have a Best Actress in, a, in every category? Yes. Oh, that's mental. Uh, and Best Performance by an Actor in a Television Series, Comedy or Musical, Alec Baldwin, Don Cheadle... Don Cheadle in House of Lies is amazing. And Louis. Yeah, fuck off Don Cheadle. I right. never liked you. But two things two things here. House of Lies, yeah. great show. Yes. Not a comedy. No. No. It's fun. It is fun, but you but wouldn't call it a comedy. But it's not a comedy. So Louis, House of Lies, and who was the other person? Uh, and Alec Baldwin for 30 Rock. So, Alec, so 30 Rock has... Three of its main cast are nominated for Best Performance, mm. but it isn't nominated for the best, uh, best show. Uh, so what you want you want is you want consistency, like you want the show to be nominated and the people in the show to be nominated. Is that what you're saying? I think that makes sense. Best television series drama. But don't you watch things and go, oh my God, you're amazing, but this is crap? No, usually the... Uh, usually the... the uh, or like the, you, the quality lets everything down. When you watch The Shield, you go, "You're amazing, guy who plays Ronnie D- Gardocki. What are you even doing here?" Sure, sure, it happens that way, mm. but not the where, other way. But not the other way. So it happens where a bad actor can be in a good show, mm-hmm. but a great actor will lift up a an ordinary show into a good show. But I don't. I don't think Alec. Ball, I don't think Alec Baldwin is a good actor. I don't think in Thirty Rock he's stretching himself by I don't any. Th- I don't think. He, I don't think it's he not is acting. either. <laughs> I don't think it's even acting, which well, should rule him out. Yeah. What I what I think is that the uh, uh, is that the Golden Globes are a crock of shit, and yeah. award shows in general are are crocks of shit. But I like to see people rewarded for their hard work on these things, and I know fame and money and adulation are all extremely good rewards. I imagine, but. <laughs> One day we'll know. I won a me. thing recently. Yeah? yeah. Oh, you did? I won a thing. You did win a thing. Yeah. Congratulations on that thing. Thanks. Um, but, you know, I like, I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to give girls a shot. No, people like, if, really if like girls. In, if it was in drama, then it's up against Breaking Bad, yeah. Ball, Walking by, Downton Abbey. Yeah. Homeland and the newsroom. And that's the thing, isn't it? That the shows themselves have to say what they are. I don't know how it works with Golden Globes. Because some, I know, the, some, some of them you have to pick your own. Yeah, I, I know with the Emmys you have to pick your own. And yeah. with, uh, that's weird. Which is tricky. And I think, I, think, I think more and more there's stuff that you go, I don't really know what this is, but it's amazing, which is tricky. How, how, does, uh, how does the newsroom get nominated? <laughs> what for? It's best brilliant. television series drama. Hey, I had the, the best slash worst idea about newsroom this morning. Yeah. You want to hear it? The worst thing in the entire world would be a newsroom musical episode. 
And that is the Box Cutters News. They're the Box Cutters. Apparently no article, although they are the genuine article. Hmm. My name's Frank Woodley, and I listened to them today. Brett, Ben Harris-Roxas wrote to us. Yes, he did. Hello, cardboard jihadists. What do you make of the ongoing proliferation of TV viewing-related apps? Zbox is the latest to launch and potentially seems more useful than others like Miso and GetGlue. Let us never speak of Fango again. We're all second screening now to use that terrible phrase, but do these apps improve the experience at all? I feel like I'm better off with Twitter and IMDb. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't really know what he's talking about except for Twitter and Internet Movie Database. So when you're watching a TV show and you've got another screen, whether it be your phone, your iPad, your laptop, whatever, yes. doing other stuff yes. at the same time as you're watching the TV. Yeah, I get so, that. So but are... what, what, is, what is this Miso and Get Glue and Fango? So uh, Miso and Get Glue were uh, early, early apps that were like, uh, like Foursquare. So remember Foursquare, you would go somewhere say, and here. say, I'm here, and you were checking in. Mm. Uh, so Miso and Gekulu were the same thing. When you were watching a TV show, you could say, hey, everybody, I'm watching this TV show. Uh-huh. And then uh, with Gekulu, you would get stickers, and you could actually accumulate stickers and have them send actual stickers to your house. So you could actually have stickers. Why? Yeah. Because they needed a hook, and they thought that was it. What do you, because, what? because they... There was this feeling like people needed to be rewarded for checking into places, that there needed to be some kind of this gamification of checking in. You had to be the mayor of something. Mm. You had to be the expert in something. You had to have more stickers than other people, badges, whatever it is. Right. That was was how these these things worked. Uh, More recently, there there are new... Applications. Uh, Channel Ten launched one recently in Australia called Zbox, which has been uh, around in the US for a bit. Was it from Ten? No, it is Ten helped launch it here. Okay. It comes to us via Ten, and uh, and Ten are using it to uh, to spruik all of their TV shows. I've had one evening having a chance to use Zbox uh, because I've, since it launched, I've only watched live TV one evening. Mm. Um, and and that was uh, during the US in primetime uh, show. So it's uh, people people check in, and uh, there's there's lots of extra information that goes along with it, mm. and, and kind of things come up as as oh, the show so it's progresses. Like, it's so. like director's commentary, or you know, like bonus material. Is is that is that what happens? Yeah, is- pretty much. And and you know, you can put put in your tweets, as it were, uh, for, for want of a better term, um, and, and read other people that are watching it at oh, the same so time. Oh, so you're all watching it together, so yeah. it's kind of that. But yeah. do they all come, like, is it all to do with, like, broadcasters? Is that what it's about? It is It is about getting people to watch shows live. Okay, so they want you to watch it at the time that they screen it. Like, it's not, you can't go, I downloaded this, I'm watching this, and log in. Yeah, it's not the same no. experience. Oh. Uh, which is where Get Glue fell down. Because Get Glue wasn't about everybody's watching this at the same time. Mm. It was it you're was watching about it whenever you're watching, you're watching it. And nor is me so. So, uh, do they improve the the experience? This is a really this this is the the interesting part of Ben's question. Mm. I think uh, I know a lot of people who watch television with multiple screens. There are times that I watch 
television with with uh, more than one screen. Is there, are there times that you don't? Yes. Really? Yes. There are there are many times when I am just watching the TV show that I'm watching. Even your, what's your phone doing? Sometimes it's even in another room. What? You really yeah. that surprise, Courtney? Yeah, but I I don't know. It's, I live in it's a definitely my, bubble. my preferred way of doing it. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the second screen because it's always too much distraction. So you stop watching the actual show if there's somebody on screen that that I know them from somewhere else and it's mm. really bugging me. Then I get my phone and I'll look it up on IMDb. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm the same. Yeah, uh, and. And that's that's kind of the extent to which I'll do it. And sometimes I'll get caught in an IMDb loop. Yes. And just and just keep looking and then go. Oh no, I'm supposed to be paying attention to to this thing that I'm in yeah. front of. Uh, but no, for for me, you know, te- watching television is is you know a, a very immersive and and it deserves respect. Yep. So uh, I'm not giving it the respect, and I'm not giving anything the my full attention. So. So I would rather give something my full attention. It's like when people are on Twitter at work mm. and uh, at my workplace, I know that when people are on Twitter, uh, they are not paying attention to the detail of their work. Mm-hmm. Now, at my workplace, detail is important. Mm. And if they're constantly distracted, then they're not spending the right amount of attention on the work that they're doing. Mm. Uh, there are other workplaces where that level of, of attention to detail is not required. I think and and it's it's the it's the same with TV shows. When I'm when I'm watching The Soup, as much as I love John McHale and The Soup, uh, I will also be I will also use that half hour to go through uh, my recent Twitter feed. Mm. I think it's a um, it's an interesting and a sort of a broader, also sort of generational thing as well. Like I think younger people and like my generation and certainly people younger than me expect to be doing several things at the time all the time and the idea that you know there is a benefit in just concentrating on this one thing and that you know that flow state that you get in in just doing one thing doesn't occur very often but you read don't you yeah what do you do when you read I mostly just read. You're not reading and listening to a podcast at the same time. Mm, not a podcast, music maybe. Brett, do you do you read and listen to other things? Yeah, yeah. Often, often there'll be other things going on. <sighs> if I if I want to concentrate on both, I can't have them both on at the same time. Yeah, I can't do have two word things at once because that's crazy. You can't do that. And I I don't know. I I have, but I but feel... see, but by by reading, so by reading on screen and having something. Uh, talking to you on on your television. You're doing that. Yeah, I know. I know that. I feel personally conflicted about this kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I I really like the fact that nowadays you can do, you know, like if I'm watching it, I don't have to wait to ask somebody, who was the guy in the thing with it? I can go and find out straight away. Or if I'm watching it, I want to put it on pause and go and do something or get it. I can go and do that. I'm yet to quantify what I lose out of that. It doesn't seem weighty enough for it to be substantial enough for me to make a change. A really, really good show, like a Deadwood. I don't like Deadwood. Right. Pick something I like. The Wire. The Mm. Shield. Yeah. The Shield. Were you double screening during The Shield? Some of it, probably. See, I I find that that really interesting. I don't think it improves my experience of, of watching. I... It doesn't even improve my experience of watching live television. I mean, yeah. Potentially, it even encourages lazy program making. 
Oh, it definitely encourages lazy program making, and this is this is what Channel Ten is is doing now. So, uh, Channel Ten uh, uh, had a media release a, a couple of weeks ago that spoke about their Z-Box offering and, and how it's gone. So they've had a, a, a hundred thousand downloads in the first two weeks of Z-Box. I downloaded Z-Box, but because I've got a US iTunes account. Uh, I can't actually get Channel 10 shows. <laughs> I can't oh, say that good. I live in Australia now that I've got, I've got this American version of Z-Box. It's, uh, it's awkward, but I'm going to have heaps of fun talking about stuff that I'm not watching. Uh, 500,000 visits to the application. In uh, how long? In two weeks. So this, this is all in two weeks. Hmm. Uh, the top five shows were... Homeland. Modern Family. Uh, Homeland's know. Homeland's one of them, right? The first three are live. In fact, four of the five Q&A? are live. No, it's the, Channel Ten, isn't it? They're all it, Channel no, 10. they don't all have to be Channel Ten. Oh, they don't. Okay. So, oh, no, but three of them. I don't watch TV. But three of them are <laughs> on oh, no, a two. Yeah, three of them are. Uh, so uh, number five was cricket live on nine. Mm. Four, Which you've got to find something else to do. With the crickets on the TV. Uh, yeah. I've got a point about this. I'll Go double screen. The list. I'll double screen during the during the cricket. Uh, four is Homeland. Three is the X Factor. Two is the Project. One is Can of Worms. See, I think with like Can of Worms, if you were to watch that, or cricket, if that were to be your sort of thing, there's something, and we've talked about communal TV watching before, and you were talking about mm. how back in the day when you people were young, you used to watch shows with we other sit- people. You'd invite them to your house, and tonight we're going to watch blah blah blah. The neighbours would come over and we'd sit around the wireless. Yeah, or whatever. Um, when you had, you know, Sheltering caves. From the, the Hun trying to bum you. Playing charades on the walls. But. Why is the Hun trying to bum me? Bum you. <laughs> During the London Blitz. Oh, I like the first story better. I have never, partially by being brought up by a perhaps Mormon mother, never watched shows with other people. And I wouldn't think to say, I'm going to watch this, come over and watch it with me. But. What I really like to do is if I'm watching something is tweet about it at the same time. Like that's half the appeal with Q&A, not the show. The show is a pile of crap. But interacting with other people and doing that, I really like that bit of it. So it's, I like the communal aspect of it. I think that's part of – that really adds something to these shows. So it, it, it's, a very, it's a very strange kind of show that – uh, that I would actually watch, that I actually enjoy watching with other people. Friends, I enjoyed watching with other people. Most mm-hmm. of my television, I like to watch alone. Yeah, that is yeah. that is my thing. You yeah. know what that's like? That's what? like having people over and having talkers that don't really pay attention to what's on the screen. See, but that would annoy me. Yeah, but the fact that I'm in, I'm in control of it. I really like. To I me, because you're the talker. I am the talker. To me, from a programming Always. point of view, it feels like giving up. Yeah. It's, it's what by having these applications by by saying now all we're doing is we're, we're going to create what you're going to do anyway. Yeah, we're going to we're going to create shows that you don't have to pay attention to, which also means that we're creating shows that uh, you're not going to uh, oh, just remember a news item that we didn't include. Uh, actually, Lucy Battersby uh, published this in the Age uh, a couple of or a week and a half ago uh, that. Uh, Commercials on TV mm. are now going to have their volume graded differently. Yes, yes I so heard they, that. So they used to be heavily compressed. Now mm. they're going to be measured on a different way. So they are going to be... It's like how acoustically they've got to match. Yes. Yeah. I think that's great. So that that's going to happen now. Yep. Uh, 
however, that compression mm. was how they would often get you to pay attention to the ads. Yep. Now there's going to be no differentiation in in an audio sense mm. uh, from from the show and the ad. Mm-hmm. If you're paying attention to another screen while you have the ad on, and you and you don't really care, that advertiser is not getting the, their value for money. Good. No. Stop wrecking my ads, my shows. Not not good. Oh. Not good because they're paying for your shows. Mm. They're paying so that your shows can exist. No. No, no, they are. I just mute it anyway. As soon as ads come on, I mute it. Yeah, but most most people don't. Most people are crazy. Right, but most people have the ads and then notice uh, the bah, ads. Bah, 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 bah. Right, and yeah. then and the ads pay for the TV that you watch. No, I, I understand Right, that. the networks, by doing this, are doing a disservice I'm sure the advertisers have let them know that. I don't. I don't know if they have yet. Where else are they going to spend the money? The advertisers. Mm. I'm sure they'll find ways. Things I find am, ways. I'm sure they will find ways to spend money, but it's not going to be with the networks. I think this is more of the dinosaurs falling over. Yep. The networks bringing in their own second screen applications is But, what, but, but is, it's is even just, crazier for them not to. Is it? Because people are going to do it anyway. And then they have no... No way of being able to say to their advertisers, look, we're getting 500,000 people downloading our thing. So when you put your ad on that thing, 500,000 people are going to see it. That's the thing I don't know. Have you downloaded Zbox, Brett? I've used it. Is it, is it only through a downloadable? <laughs> I don't I even don't, remember what the I process don't know. Was. I don't know. I only thought it was an application. Well, that's, I don't know if there are ads in the application. There will be. And if there are, then that's where yeah that that's where the, the money from that is coming. It always finds a way. So you're saying that television's going to just just going to keep going? No, I'm just saying things will change. But the idea that oh dear, we must protect the advertisers. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying we must protect the advertisers. No, I know. So I'm, that television can be protected, so we get the TV shows that we want. That's what you're saying. I'm I'm saying that uh, that the the networks are not doing their job properly. What 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 would you have them do? I would have them make compelling content. But that's not on their agenda. This is the problem. Yeah. Okay. If it's not on their agenda, people are going to switch off. Uh-huh. You Correct. Know, you know who will be making compelling content? Who? Elizabeth Murdoch on, uh, on uh, She's the dead. internet. No. Dame Elizabeth Murdoch is dead. Awkward. Elizabeth Murdoch, daughter of Rupert, is very much alive and is starting a an online video production company, yep. having sold Shine and made great, great mm-hmm. money with Shine, mm-hmm. she's giving up television and going towards online only. Yep. And that's how, so things, that's how things happen. You know, progress, it changes. Like that's, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that either. You sound angry. I'm angry because the networks keep whinging that people are going away. Yeah, but this is all media. That's all they do. And they and they Ooh, just but they just keep making the argument for people to go away. We used to have a monopoly on this, and now people do what they want to, and they don't want to just take it from us. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. That statement from Channel Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is Frank Thring, gossip from heaven. On the box cutters. I bumped into Ray Charles the other day. Well, he bumped into me because his dog's not dead yet. Corny Hawking, you have a segment. I do. Ta da 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 So, have you guys been watching Homeland? No. Why not? 
I hated the part of the first series that I saw and <laughs> I promised Nelly that I would uh, that, that I would watch it. It's one of the things I plan to do uh, this summer holidays mm-hmm. and now I'm not getting summer holiday. Oh, why not? Oh, that's, another story. It's another story. What about you? I found it a bit racist, but it was, was going to persist. It's been stockpiling. Interesting. Interesting you should say that. So I have been watching Homeland and I certainly think the first season was better than the second has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm interested in Homeland as a representation of women in the modern workforce and the whole women, they got intuition there. So, you know, they got the feelings, blah, blah, blah. I wish, <laughs> I wish that, I wish Homeland was actually called women. They got the intuition. Yeah. It's a subtitle. It's in another language, but that's the subtitle. But I think it has, it sort of started off as like a kind of adventurous kind of thriller kind of thing. And, you know, it does have a lot of the, the sort of regular cliffhangers you would expect from the people who made 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is, you know, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's set in the, uh, in the CIA in a sort of alternate universe of America where Obama is the president, but other stuff is happening. Um, the war on terror is still quite serious and there's issues on the ground and there's a um a returned soldier who's come from back from Afghanistan I think Iraq Iraq yeah Afghan Iraq Afghan Iraq there over there Iraqistan he was uh, captured and taken prisoner and now he's come back and is he a secret agent of the muslim people or not he is and so <laughs> spoiler for people who haven't seen series 1 why wouldn't you have seen it by now because uh, Just... I didn't like it and I stopped watching stockpiled well sorry but, but you knew he was because he was giving away secret messages with his finger Yeah, things. finger trumpet. Yeah. We could That's see. not a euphemism either. No. It sounds like it is, but it's We not. could see him praying to Mecca. So he, yeah. Obviously so he, he was. He, well, it's interesting you should say that, actually. So I want to talk a bit, a little bit about the, the portrayal of Carrie. But uh, before we say that, why did you think it was racist? What, what, what racist along religious lines, that, that he was praying bigoted. to Mecca, so, so he must be... Must have been turned. It's interesting that um, you say that because there's an episode later in the second series where, you know, they have this big kind of, oh, what's going to happen? And there's a mole. And who's the mole? We don't know. And then someone says, oh, my God, he must be the mole. And Carrie says, that makes sense. He is Muslim. And it's just this epic kind of clangor. But on the other hand, it's so interesting that People say that sort of stuff and they think that sort of stuff all the time and that's what the show is kind of playing with. But it's interesting that television writing generally doesn't show us people like that unless they're pointing out, look, that's racist. Whereas in real life, there's people that just say stuff and you go, oh, it's totally racist. And you just have to kind of awkwardly, you know, try not to have a fist fight with them in the kitchen at work. Yeah, or or the taxi or Or wherever. wherever you are. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that the, the sort of the way television is developed now is it's this sort of universe where the only time you see that kind of thing when it is when they're trying to make a point about it. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's sort of how did, how did that happen? How did how did television stop uh, stop copying our natural form yeah. of speech? Well, it's it's just like this sort of perfect alternate world. Yeah, it it does that. Mm. It it does that. It yeah. Aussie inherits things still. Anyway, so what I do quite like about 
Homeland is it's kind of in some ways it's kind of like the opposite of the X Files. So you know in the X Files it was like Scully's like the rational one and she likes science and she's Mulder, why are you so cray? And Mulder's all, Oh, I've just got a feeling and crime and stuff like that. Whereas Homeland has this kind of really interesting relationship with Carrie because she she is depicted as having a mental illness and it's it starts off by you know, pointing out that, oh, she has a mental illness and this is a big part of who she is and she's not dealing with it very well. Um, But it's sort of also interesting to see her in the second season. It's a bit more nuanced than that. There's also, um, she's kind of, she's, she has hunches about things and she's kind of the only woman around and the men are like, well, we should do this. And she's like, no, I've got a hunch it's this, we're going to do this. And it, it sort of magically keeps turning out right. But the contrast between that and the very sort of extremely masculine environment of the CIA is really interesting, I think, because when you think about, like, I watched, I recently watched a TV show called, I don't know if you saw it, uh, it was only one season in 1994, maybe, called Profit. Have you seen that? It's oh. like a corporate kind of drama and he's a total sociopath and he wants to be the head guy of the corporation and so he's sort of evil and crazy and oh there were a lot of shows like that around that time yeah but it was it wasn't bad you know but you could totally see that the women in the show just even in a fashion sense they all dress like men yep they're all wearing suits yep um and it's interesting when we think about you know equality for women in the work and women in the workplace and all this sort of thing there's no kind of standard for what like women wear or how women behave and when we talk about sort of professionalism in the workplace as well a lot of it's a very masculine kind of like you don't show your feelings in the workplace you've got to remain professional and the thing with Carrie that's really interesting is she's all about her feelings all the time Mm. and that's you know depicted as a mental illness a lot of the time but I don't know that necessarily it is I think it's also period (laughs) Is she having a period? Is there's that... a, no, there's... Because you're not, you're not allowed to make fun of her for that, Courtney. But what I mean is when we think about sort of women in the workplace and, you know, there's kind of not really been a kind of change to the status quo according to how women sort of think and behave necessarily. And do you know I, what I mean? I find that... I, I do find that very interesting. However, that is not the case in 30 Rock. Okay. I, I so think... explain more. I think in comedies, Mm. we have gotten to a point where women can be in the workplace and be women in the workplace. Yep, I agree with that. And and we see that in the office. Women are the way women are in an office in the workplace. And that is, everyone is nuts. Mm. Men, women, everyone's nuts in, in the workplace. It's the same in 30 Rock. Everyone has their crap to deal with. Yeah. That is not happening in, in drama. Where no. uh, and and if you look at uh, if you look at CCH Pounder in mm-hmm. uh, and Glenn Close in yep. the Shield, yep. uh, they both did exactly that thing that that you're talking about, where they still take on a man's role. Mm. Now, for CCH Pounder, she actually auditioned for a man's role and got it, yeah. and uh, and uh, that's how Claudette came about. But but the the idea is is still there. That's mm. that is still the way that women in in that workplace are, are acting. Well, and particularly very masculine workplaces like, you know, the police, like the military, like the CIA, you know, the, all of those, when you think of them, you think of them as very masculine, you know, defence, like military kind of things. You don't think about 
what the impact of women in that kind of workplace would be. But then Dexter. Deb tries to be really, really manly mm. and and she can only ever be Deb, right? She, that's that's yeah. a, same with uh, 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 Liqueta. What's her name? Yeah, yeah. Liqueta. She's 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 trying to be to be masculine, mm. but the reason these two uh, are good at their jobs is because is is because they're women, yeah. right? Mm. It, it's it's because they they are able to connect in a way that the horrible broken men in these shows yeah, are, are not are unable to. Yeah, but I don't see I don't see that that it sort of bleeds out in any way. Like you don't see the men sort of taking on any of those characteristics and developing. Like when I watch, when I watch Homeland Mm. and Carrie is the center of that and she's, you know, so emotional and feisty and the men are not any more in touch with their emotions or they're just men doing men things. It's, it's one of the reasons I think Homeland is bad act is, is bad, um, bad writing. Mm. I think Homeland is bad writing. But in Dexter, like, you don't go, oh, I I mean, I suppose the current season of Dexter, Dexter is becoming more reconciled with, you know, his true self and, you know, his emotions and stuff like that. But, and maybe, maybe some of the other male characters as well. Maybe Batista. Batista has always had that, has, has always been, uh, touched by, touched by the women around him. (laughs) Uh, and... Uh, not not this, and and so and, and so has uh, uh, little Baldy. I forgot yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Right. He 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 also he acts differently around women. around women. Yeah. The that is that is one of the only good parts of the writing in Dexter, as mm. as, as as I see it. Mm. Uh, and and Dexter himself acted differently around the women in his life than mm. around the men. He didn't know how to interact with the men in his life. No. And uh, so, so all of that was was really interesting in Dexter. Mm. I think in Homeland, that is one of the just just one of the ways in which it is not <laughs> very good writing, and that's because the characters don't actually affect each other at all. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think certainly you can see in the relationship between Carrie and the ginger terrorist, who's quite hot. I think when they when you see them together, they behave differently. And the actors are different when they're with each other than they are with anybody else. And that's kind of the scent, the heart of the show, essentially. Right. Is that they can, even though their relationship's screwed up and there's weird power dynamics, they can be who they truly are with each other, despite the fact that we don't know who he is, really. Um, but the other interesting thing, before we sort of wind this up, is the interesting kind of way it deals with mental illness in that in the first season we see Carrie almost have a, well, have a breakdown, essentially, mm-hmm. um, with her bipolar disorder. I think she's got bipolar too. The problem she has is that the, her, her emotional sensitivity is the, what gives her her power, like what gives her her greatest strength in her work. But it's also eroding her from, you know, inside as well. Mm. So I think that's very interesting. And when you think about it, it's a very honest picture of what mental health issues are like for people i think on the other hand when you think about when you go well it's good that she does her job and you feel this conflict like you want her to get better but maybe maybe this is what makes her good and you know that kind of conflict which i think certainly exists for people but then on the other hand you kind of think well if i was trying to think of a show that showed someone who was like in really good mental health who 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 would you show yeah who would you go oh well you're you're mentally very healthy yeah 
it's uh... it's really tricky. I can see the issues that you have with Homeland, um, but I think as a kind of insight into certain femininity and mental health issues it's interesting and I don't know that it's necessarily ticks all the boxes as a series and I can say that there's certainly some holes there but I think it's worth watching. Hi this is Lawrence Mooney I've been on the telly and if you're into televisual delights then there's only one show you need to be listening to and that's Box Cutters. Get your ears into it. Brett Cropley what is in the The vault? It's something very very exciting. Have you heard about this uh, brand new thing from Microsoft? It's 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 just it's so wow. Wow. Look at that. Wow. 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 Every so often, you experience something so new, so delightfully unexpected, that there's only one word for it. Wow. Introducing Windows Vista. Saying <laughs> so, this is this is, this is an ad from two thousand and seven. Two thousand and seven. It's not an I don't buy it. This is from Brett's vault. This is from the vaults. What else was on this tape, Brett? Apparently, we had lots of mustachioed uh, ex sportsmen uh, doing you spruiking. The bargains are running out the door. The dimly stock takes sale. Ridiculous quilt cover sets, all sizes, fourteen ninety nine. Business shows, three ninety nine. Huge bath towels, four ninety nine. And outdoor settings, two ninety nine dollars. South starts Tuesday at Dimmies and Forges. Whoa, be there. That's obviously Robert Dibier Domenico, uh, who's uh, doing the big sell for Dimmies, which is shutting down a couple of weeks. The best barbecue ever. He cooks every Sunday. It's great the way his mama break. Murphy's no. your toast. Nominate your barbecue expert to take on Merv Hughes in the Master Foods Battle of the Barbecue. Just buy any two Master Foods products. You could win $10,000 just for nominating. See in-store or visit masterfoods.com.au. It's, it's if like someone we, had Max Walker, we'd have the triple play. It's like we had, uh, had a, a huge issue with masculinity no. in 2007. When John Howard was the Prime Minister... Yeah. I can't imagine why that would be a thing. It's like we were, we were uh, emasculated, but all just trying to claw it back. Overcompensate. Yeah. Yeah. So t- 2007, what, what shows were on that tape, Brett? Uh, and this is, so this is all VHS. This still. is all VHS, yep. yep. Um, and it's all uh, up on uh, YouTube. So what channel, what so. what TV shows were on that tape? Uh, on that tape, nothing really that uh, that notable, really. Okay. Um, but were there TV shows on the tape? We did have Rove uh, Rove from New York. Yep, I remember when that happened. Yep. Uh, there was, um, I think there was some South Park on there from from uh, SBS again. Uh, it's it's very much a snapshot. These uh, these lighter tapes of of uh, the dross. Some of the dross I was taping and and stockpiling and not going back to to watch for obvious reasons. I think it's, it's, you could be on an episode of Hoarders. No, I'm 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 throwing out these tapes. You know he has. Uh... That's what they say. That's what they always say. No, no, no I'm throwing. I'm throwing it out. I am. I'm throwing it out. Yeah, see, I've seen him. No, but he's he's like... digitizing them and then keeping them on on discs. on YouTube. It's not really throwing them out. Then, but you're it? also keeping them on a hard drive in your house, aren't you? Uh, at, at this point, they'll go. You also have every Green Guide issue released since we started doing box cutters. All but one, I realized. All but one uh, since 2005. 
We've had a, a few uh, people commenting on the blog, which I love. You can do that at boxcutters.net. It's the simplest way. It, it really is. That's how That's how you get us to read your stuff straight away. Sending us an email, that's not going to do any good. Brett doesn't read them for weeks. I've got to work. For weeks. I'm not allowed to check my emails at work. You know what? You can always check them after work. Did you know that? Yeah, no, but then I'm, I'm falling asleep. And... At work? Yeah, but then after no, work, after you can work, check I'm your... Uh... Asleep. Once I get to relax. Ian N. wrote on the blog, The discussion on being unable to sustain horror on TV brings to mind Rod Serling's quotes. It is difficult to produce a television documentary that is both incisive and probing when every 12 minutes one is interrupted by 12 dancing rabbits singing about toilet paper. Wasn't is, He's in Mad Men, isn't he, Rod Serling? Rod Serling. <laughs> he made Twilight Zone? Yeah, and have you, have yeah, you that's in like the later seasons of Mad Men <laughs> when he makes the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Get Twilight Zone account. Yeah, it was John Draper's idea though. Oh, he was drunk most of the time, Rod. Courtney, did did you want to be Trudy? <laughs> Sexist. <laughs> Thanks for a great 2012. While I missed your over one hour postings, there was quality in the brevity. Here are my favourite shows for the year in no particular order. Lowdown. I did not watch the first season of this and really only tuned in to the second season initially because it was straight after Rake. So funny and quirky and delightful and silly. The Shadow Line, mesmerising UK thriller with twists and turns and blood and violence and eccentricities galore, was like a symphony with light and shade, crescendos and decrescendos. Girls, really love the candour of this show. I like that the central protagonist is flawed and cool and crazy and smart and insecure all at the same time. Really like the friendship dynamic between Hannah and Marnie. Only bum note for me is Jessa. A bit too cool for school and phony. American Horror Story Asylum. Hells yeah, truths. I've become addicted. They have all the bases covered. Paranormal activity, possession, alien kidnapping, psycho killers and sadism, and I'm enjoying it all. All. Horror and violence is so cathartic. It's been a great year for TV. Good it one, tr- Trudy. It, it truly has, Trudy. It has. And I'm, I'm so glad you ended on on that note because I've loved this year of television uh, to to a large extent, especially finding uh, that good stuff can come from Europe and Australia, uh, and and that America is not doing such great work at the moment. It's uh, it kind of it, it makes me glad that the rest of the world wasn't left behind. Mm. How many newsrooms do you want, Josh? They're all the newsroom to me, Brett. <laughs> if you want to send us an email to Boxcutters, you can. Hooray at boxcutters.net is the email address. Or I read every email. I love reading the emails yeah. that people send us. It makes me really happy. So thank you all the people that have written in as well because um, you and your comments and everything on the blogs, it really makes it worthwhile. Um, so thank you. Don't cry. I'm not going to cry. It sounded like you were going to cry. I'm not. It sounded like you were going to show emotion in the workplace. <laughs> Show you something in the workplace in a minute. Oh, I can't wait. I wish I hadn't said that so, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Humphreys. (laughs) I'm free. If you watch one thing, (laughs) 
Brett Crapley. I was so excited. Winter in Portlandia uh, is the first kind of special episode of the third season of Portlandia. Uh, it's available. Uh, Easy TV's got a good listing of it. Um, I had a look at it uh, last night and loved it. So um, if you're going to watch uh, one thing this week, would it would be the thing again. that you watched watch last night. Uh, if, if I was another person, yes. Oh Sometimes God, I think you are. Sometimes, sometimes I think you are. <laughs> Look, it's better that we've actually seen it to be able to recommend it highly. No, enough. that's not the point at all. <laughs> at least, at least this time he only has one thing, Courtney. It's like a first. Look, if, if it's you're a, not happy with no, that, <laughs> no. Oliver Stone's Secret History <gasps> of, the, of America is. <gasps> I, I had a look at the first five minutes of it, and that looks great too. Why do you like open, this? <laughs> I open my mouth too soon. <laughs> if I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be the 70 episodes of Jeopardy that I have stockpiled wow. on my IQ. I've been really busy. So <laughs> I've been really, really busy. So I can 14 weeks or something? W- yeah, I can, I can go through. It is 14 weeks. Uh, I can go through. We just got through uh, August, just finished August. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can get through about ten episodes a day. Yep. Uh, quite quite easily. Mm. At of, work of Jeopardy, not at work. Too much work to do. <laughs> uh, so uh, so I have been going through them on, on my weekends, uh, but I'm going to try to get uh, through the seventy episodes uh, and catch up to current by the time. Uh, we get to Arizona. No, by the time uh, we get back from our break. Whenever that may be. Whenever that, that may we be. We cannot confirm yeah. at this point. And uh, following on from lovely Trudy's email, I am watching the second season of American Horror Story and loving it. Uh, Zachary Quinto is in it and I love him in the pants. Mr. Spock. Mm, you, might know him, you, might, you might know him better as Mr. Spock who kills people with his finger. Finger killer. Uh, he's awesome, uh, and it's just it's just a ridiculous, ridiculous show. Um, what's the other guy's name? The the doctor. Oh, the uh, James James, James Cromwell. Cromwell. He's amazing in it because he was um, Ruth Fisher's sec- second second husband in Six Feet Under, and just lovely, but you know, damaged like everyone in that show. Uh, and then in this, he's just such a total revelation and playing against type. Well, kind of. And it's just, it's bonkers and ridiculous television. And why would you watch it? It's insane, but watch it. It is, it is, it is so much fun. The, so I, fun. I found, uh, watching The Soup, I found the uh, reality TV equivalent of, uh, of that. Really? Which is a, sh- a show called Killer Karaoke, <laughs> where people have to sing karaoke songs while also like walking through, uh, walking through a bunch of cactus and trying <laughs> to pick dollar bills off a tree that also has a snake on it. <laughs> But they have to keep singing the song. <laughs> I don't know where we've got to as a society, but I'm not all uncomfortable with it, I've got I, to say. I, I, I like this idea of, you know what this show needs? More things. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And that's so American Horror Story. Like Brad Falchuk and Ryan Murphy are notorious for just throwing everything in the first season. But the first season of this was pretty good. And the second season is now just like references, music, fucking everything, killing, like murders, blood, this kind, whatever. All right, now this is like flying through the sky. They're puppet dead people. Oh, it's all happening. So good. <laughs> She's pregnant. She's taking bronze out of the oven, literally. It's ridiculous. It is golden. It is the greatest. 
And, and, a, and in fact, a perfect antidote to Christmas where you have to behave and be nice to people who are insane and probably racist. <laughs> so you should watch it now. It will make you feel better. Hey, um... Hey, um... When I cast my pod... Pork is on the table. Well, that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode three hundred and twenty-nine. I want to say uh, I, I want to say thanks to everybody who made this such a cracker year for for Box Cutters. Yeah, Go, going back through the I, we went to Austin, Texas, did I a know. show. You got boots, Courtney. Uh, <laughs> I still love them. Glenn, Glenn and I uh, got many stories about Brett snoring. Uh, the, Brett got some sleep. Brett got heaps of sleep. A lot of it during the day. As I, <laughs> It's you're 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 a unique individual. I was it's, I was still on some other time. Yeah, I don't I don't know how. It's, uh, probably because of the jet lag. Probably, probably. But uh, so, so we we did that. We've done uh, some really excellent segments. Uh, we did some things that we've never done before on the show. Brett, you did that live juggling that one one episode with the fire. That, that was, was excellent, just for the video podcast. We didn't even mention it on the audio podcast. And there isn't even. We just had some podcast. supers up. It doesn't say. <laughs> check out Brett in the back corner there. there. No That's real podcast. fire. There's no supers. There was uh, there was that time that Brett said that uh, we were going to do a video podcast, but uh, decided not to. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and and what else? Just a, a huge year. I'm I'm so happy to have been a, a part of it. It's and been a total. And we had all the guest donors on, which was yes. extraordinary. We had that was huge, amazing. To the huge show of support from from people, and Thank then. You. For, for people to come into the studio and and not hate us on site, <laughs> it makes me emotional every time I think about it. Uh, the uh, just a, a great year. So thank you to everybody who has been a, a part of it. Uh, TV publicists, guests, guest donors, listeners, people who have written in, people who have asked us to stop and then just <laughs> let us keep going regardless. Uh, people who are sending dead media. Yeah. The, oh, Brett. Brett got an offer for uh, for some episodes of Breakers during uh, j- during the, the last couple of weeks as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. from one of our listeners. So that's uh, that, that's going to be exciting for that's you. Exciting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all the uh, just that people sending stuff in and being a, a huge part of it. I, yeah. I love it. It's why we do the show. Yeah. Because uh, totally. clearly television's dead. So we've got <laughs> to do it do for it some for reason. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Until next year, my name is Josh Canal. My name's Courtney Hawking. And I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next time. Same bat channel. No, same bat time. Same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Cutters thanks 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, whose studios we use to record this show pretty much each and every week. This year, Box Cutters was produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards, Courtney Hucking, Dave Lawson, Glenn Peters and Brenna Courtney Glazebrook. Brett Cropley is the audio man and Peter Wilson from Soup Giant makes the show go to your device through the invisible air. If you enjoyed this, please leave a review on iTunes, tell three friends, write emails and tweet about us. It means a lot for all sorts of reasons. Let us know what you thought of this show in your more honest emails by clicking the Contact Us link on the blog at boxcutters.net. So how weird is this, right? Um, Yesterday I was at home just hanging out 
and there's banging at the door, which usually means my housemates who are now boning have got takeaway food. So, banging on the door, and I'm like, oh, and they didn't come to get it, and there's more banging on the door. Uh, um, and I finally answer the door, and it's this sort of old man with white hair. Not that old, probably like mid-60s, maybe. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters.